Hey everyone, I'm Veronica Roshek, and I'm your host of the Amplify Iowa podcast. This is a place to hear the stories of our favorite, some of the fastest growing, and some super unique local businesses directly from their leaders. Thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and get started. Today, this podcast episode is featuring Rick Mosley Hair. This hair salon is one that has been part of my life for many years at this point. So they are near and dear to me as I have been um, going here to a couple of stylists for a long time. And I really, really have enjoyed the experience and the relationship with both of them. And uh, so today I have the owners, Stacy and Rick Mosley, here with me. Thank you both for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for having us. Thank you. Yes. If you could just go ahead and tell us about your business and how you got started. Well, I went to beauty school a while back and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did that because I was getting my hair cut at one of the, when, when men first started going to cosmetologists to get their hair cut. I had long hair. I having went to a private school, uh, high school, I had to have a, a very... Uh, tailored and uh, basically a dress code for hair and clothes. So when I got out of high school, I wanted longer hair. And I was in a salon at the time that was doing that. It was a unisex salon. And I decided that's what I wanted to do, wanted to do. Uh, I've always been very artistic, and that just seemed like something that was uh, fun. And I never had to spend a lot of time basically going to school to get my license. And it, it was appealing at the time. I knew I could do that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of the few industries where you can actually go to school for a very minimal amount of time and come out with a licensure. I think that's appealing for a number of folks. Sure. Um, I think there's the artistic slant as well. Yes. Um, but the possibility of not, you know, having to commit to a four-year plan or a six-year plan or an eight-year plan, I think is very appealing to a lot of people. I will say that the schooling starts after school, like most mm -hmm. professions. Absolutely. So even though I say I didn't go to school very long to get in to get my license, I've spent my whole career learning. And mm -hmm. I think that's what kind of separates our salon is the passion we have for our industry. Absolutely, yes. This is definitely a place of education, a place of continuous learning, which is something that has certainly, as a customer, attracted me to be here as well, because that... Uh, you can you can see that and you can tell and you even hear it in the stories from the people that work here as you get to know them. Mm -hmm. So then you after you go through school and uh, get all your knowledge, what's next? How do we get to having this salon? Well, I knew that I, I, I my my most important uh, thought about being in business is. I think that people that are really passionate about what they do and love what they do, it opens up doors for them when it comes to business. I, all I really want to do is be good at what I did. And pretty soon I, uh, I had other ideas other than the person I worked for, that, for right out of school. And I just thought we could do it better and that's kind of what got me onto my own salon. We're very education driven. I think when I when we first started I, I just, uh, I did everything. I was a full-service hairdresser. I did haircuts, colors, perms. Yes, we did perms back then. <laughs> uh, and I knew early on that I wanted to have a salon. So I started giving up some of my services that I was actually doing on my clients. I'd be sitting there watching them do colors and perms, 
and I kept building my haircutting clientele to the point where pretty soon I had a couple of assistants, and the salon just kind of thing just kind of took off after that. We just started uh, we opened our own salon. So you, who you and a few friends just said we're we're going to open a salon. We're going to hang a shingle and open a salon. <laughs> well, it really was kind of like that. Uh, if anybody comes to Des Moines, Iowa, they will see a spaceship-looking building on 63rd and Hickman. That is the result of a bunch of young people designing the building to make into a hair salon. And so it's kind of a landmark in Des Moines right now. But me and three other guys, uh, where we were all basically came together from different salons. And we built that building over on 63rd and Hickman. Uh, and that was the f called Headliners. And we all started off there. And then from that, you know, you grow, everybody grows differently. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a pretty good idea of how I wanted things to be. And so I, I went off on my own with my wife. Yeah. And so I recently learned that that happened in... 1993, which is the a year that there was a pretty big event in Des Moines, the <laughs> floods the flood of 93. Yeah, yes. yeah. Was that an impact to your business as you were? Well, if you call starting? having water up above your knees <laughs> uh, an impact on our business, that would be kind of dangerous to operate blow dryers with three feet of water. Absolutely. But no, it, it was. It, but it caused a lot of other good, good things that made me make some my career decisions, and that's really kind of when I. Uh, opened up Rick Mosley Hair, so. Yeah, that was it. Was it was interesting because we were getting the notifications that we were in Valley Junction. Our business was in Valley Junction, and we were getting the notifications that they were going to start um, sandbagging the end of Fifth Street because that's where Walnut Creek, you know, kind of mm -hmm. was was running high. And they had spent all day. Army Corps of Engineers was in there sandbagging all day. Um, and different as well, as well as us as well as us business owners were advised to get everything out of your business that you wanted to take and <clears throat> lock up and go home and we had clients in the salon we were we were open we were doing business um and uh it um it really came down to just going and getting a rental truck and loading everything up and we went home we live in urbandale we still live there in urbandale and um waited <laughs> waited it out till the and next morning <laughs> and sure enough uh it flooded it just was like they said just it like would. they just said <laughs> it would yeah <laughs> yeah and uh it was it was it was devastating I was at home watching I was watching the weather channel we had two small boys at the time and I'm watching the weather channel and this was national news I mean this was mm -hmm. national news and there's a helicopter with the uh, you know coming to you live from West Des Moines, Iowa, the flood. And they had, part, you know, partitioned off the roads. And there was a boat, a canoe, and, or not a canoe, but like a canoe, a canoe uh, going down the street in this water. And the weatherman saying, this is exactly what you don't want to do. You don't oh want to do this. <laughs> and as I'm watching, I see this boat on Fifth Street going right up to the door of our salon. And then it zeroes in. And I see my husband getting out of the boat and sloshing over, you know, and kind of looking in the window. And I just thought, oh, my God. It was, it was a surreal moment, as I'm sure it was for him. Yeah. Way surreal, yeah. Um, to see, you know, to, just to see that much damage and devastation in a place that you really had, had tried to build from the ground up. It was, it was, it was pretty... Um, then, of course, you start to plan, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Because there's no water. What resources do we have to come together to try to... Because, you know, you're not only thinking about yourself at that point. You're thinking about your team. 
Mm-hmm. You're thinking about your team not mm-hmm. being able to work. You're thinking about the, the loss of income. You're thinking about um, just the nature of the cleanup. Mm-hmm. You know, how are we going to physically do this? And we went back to the headliners building. We went back to the top of the headliners building. Some friends had stayed uh, in that building. And so our team went back and rented out the top portion of the building and, and worked um, with, uh, you know, hauling with, in with water. With no running every day. water. Hauling water every some day. Some interesting yeah. things is we went to Sam's Club and bought a couple large 39 gallon garbage cans, lined them with. Uh, trash liners, got a hot water bed, or I'm sorry, a water bed heater, submersible water bed heater, put it in the water to warm it up, got those garden hose-in sprayers, not hose-in, but mm-hmm. the uh, pump sprayers, mm-hmm. we used that to actually rinse color off hair, I mean, it was, it was almost Flintstone-esque. Rudimentary, <laughs> yeah. We had to have five-gallon buckets of water in the bathroom so people could flush the toilet, it, it was, it was a, a humbling experience, Yeah, say humbling. The least. And I think that the important thing, too, there was that, um, you know, you still have to go down and clean up your other salon. You're still working all day. Yeah. And then Rick would be done and a few a few folks would be done. And then they'd go down and replace drywall and work with electricians, get it rewired and replace flooring. And Two months. You know, because you're, you're, you still have to get back down there. Yeah. And we were fortunate to the point we, we uh, finally got water at home. But it was, it was, it was a, a very humbling event. The team came back. All of our team came back. And from that, we, we stayed in Valley Junction a, a little while longer. And then um, as Rick Mosley Hair, that's when we opened as Rick Mosley Hair. And from that, a few years after that, or maybe even a year after that, I don't remember, a client of ours had, had said he was moving west to this space and, and building this building. And West Des Moines at that point was nothing like this. I mean, it mm. was corn, yeah, just it was corn fields. Corn. It was yeah. just, you know. It was yeah. nothing but two miles to Waukee. Sure. Um, so you take a look at the city planning, and you take a look at the way they're going to reroute the interstate, and you take a look at some of the businesses that were coming out here. And yeah, so good good things do happen from from devastation sometimes. Um, and we built the building out here, and and um, and moved in. And it was again, it was kind of like a revamp. It was a part two, two yeah. dial. Um, and you have, you know, we d- we doubled our square footage, we doubled our team. Mm. Um, you know, you have management concerns to think about. You have, yeah. you're, of course, planning if something ever happens again, you know. Mm-hmm. How are we getting, what if we have a flood? What if we have a fire? Yeah. Not around a river. <laughs> yeah, no water. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course. <laughs> no floodplain. Yeah. No <laughs> but then, I mean, as, as we've seen recently, it doesn't have to be a flood. It sure. can be a pandemic. It yeah. can be economic strife in another way. I yeah. mean, you, you have to plan for things, but at the same time, Usually, out of some of those devastating uh, setbacks, come come a good realization or come a kind of a rebranding or rebirth. Utter devastation, like you said, you can you can see it if you live through it. You can like you can still I can still picture mm-hmm. you know um, the the waterfalls <laughs> going down the <laughs> stairs and whatever that was ingrained in my mind. It's one of my very earliest memories, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was crazy. But uh, you you make it through that, mm-hmm. right? And same with what we're going through right now. We're not mm-hmm. all the way through it, yeah. but we're, we're getting there. And so as you come through that and go through that, what would you say 
that helped you get through that and continue forward because uh, a lot of businesses during that period of time, this period of time, everything just, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's not even a way Mm -hmm. to make it. There's just, they just can't find it. And so this industry, of course, was hit very hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are still here and you're doing great Mm -hmm. uh, from the outsider perspective, of course. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's that's the perspective you only, that's the only one that matters. Which is, which is what is important, right? But at the same time, there is the, the real what's happening. Um, Yeah. What keeps you, what keeps you going? Well, Economic, economics keep us going. I mean, yeah. we, have to, we have to, and we we spend a lot of time building this business. I think it was really important to us. We do whatever it would take to, and and do everything the right way. We immediately, uh, I had some contacts where we got face coverings right away. Uh, all the different sanitation stations, mm-hmm. and we just really uh, made some real strong rules. Uh, we have a whole protocol with clients coming to the salon how they do it, um, we've just been careful. And I, I think because of that, uh, we've had, uh, we had one person that, that had COVID and that was a, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And she's back working, everything's fine. And that's the only incident we've had of the COVID, so. And I think too, you have a, you have a from a business perspective, what keeps you going ultimately for us is, is your team. You know, you, you mm-hmm. think constantly about your team. You think constantly about those folks that are, they're, you know, they're standing on your shoulders. They really are. And then you think about your clients. I mean, we've had clients, you know, when you talk about that much history of, of you know, <laughs> of a career, you've got clients that you've had for 30 or 40 yeah. years. You yeah. know, those are relationships that you really have put a lot of time and and uh, energy into. And so and you never want to let down your, your community. You never want to, you know, uh, you never want to let your clients go or you you always keep your clients in mind. But I think the biggest thing is, is really just been the team effort. And I've seen some amazing, uh, you know, changes in our team. I've seen some amazing growth in our team. And I think anytime you really take a good look at something that's a truly adverse situation, it's, it's the resiliency of the folks around you that keep you going. Mm. And, um, you know, we're, we have a relatively young team right now. We've had different teams in the past. We've had more seasoned teams in the past, but we have a relatively young team. But the nice thing about it is the majority of them have only worked for us for their career. Mm. And so they're kind of looking, you're kind of, you're kind of the North Star, right? They're kind of looking at you like, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we do it? You know, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's been a really interesting lesson Mm-hmm. in in personal dynamics and and the personal space i mean we're a high touch industry yeah you know we're not high tech we're high touch mm-hmm. and and you, you have to be you have to be <laughs> there's no way yeah. that we can be six feet apart mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and it's just been an interesting study in just uh just the the sense of people's sense of self everybody's nervous but yet they want to keep doing the normal things they want to keep having the normal life and yeah. get their hair cut and go to a restaurant mm-hmm. But I think the other thing, too, is just being careful economically. You know, you see too many times folks rush into a business ownership situation and they really get themselves in in quite a bit, you know, over their head. Mm -hmm. And then something does happen adversely out of their control and boom, they're done. Mm -hmm. You know, a great business, five years, boom, they're done. So I think you have to really be economically smart and you have to be economically savvy uh, enough to know where you can operate comfortably, mm-hmm. where you can operate profitably, 
uh, and where you can still operate with room for improvements. And um, for us, you know, having having gone through a, a pretty major devastation, we've always lived on the side of caution. We've mm-hmm. always run our business maybe a little bit more from an economic standpoint. Sure. Yes. Cautious yeah. than um, than maybe some of our peers or counterparts. But I think that's important for anybody starting in business because you you have to be ready for just about anything, (laughs) you know, especially if you're going to have employees. I mean, the minute you start having someone work for you, you're, you've got a whole new set of liabilities there. You've got a whole new set of responsibilities. That, yeah. And as you talk through all that, something that I keep thinking of too, is just from what I've heard from other owners in the industry and that sort of thing is something that can kind of be a, another difficult piece is, having staff turnover and having that turnover in team. And I feel like, and having, uh, sometimes having a difficult culture cause it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, again, from a client perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like it is relatively, of course, there's some level of, of change always in time, mm-hmm. but it does feel like from my perspective that you have accomplished that in a sense, or it feels that way. Mm-hmm. Is there a way that, uh, how have you created an environment for people to want to stay and then grow their careers here and really developed a good culture? Yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. I mean, you have, you know, 12, 15 people working together all the time every day. Um, it's tough to keep, it's tough to keep things fresh. I think the big thing with us has always been that we've relied on our team to tell us what they need. Mm. You know, tell me why we should do if you want to do it differently, that's great. Let's talk about it. Tell me why. Tell me why we should do this differently. Tell me why we should. Social media came along and some of our team were like, you know, this is, we need to do more things. We need to post more things, you know. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, tell me, tell me why. And then you kind of start to see the evolution of social media and how that impacts your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to see things like our team posts on their personal page as much as they post on our Rick Mosley Hair Instagram page. You know, and I think there's a huge pride in what they do, but it's also about encouraging your team that this is your brand too. Yeah. You know, that's we are Rick Mosley here first. We will be Aveda second, but you need to be your brand first. And I think when you have an employer or an environment that recognizes that, there's not we're not in competition with any one of our team members. We are a partnership, and that's their brand as much as it is our brand. And I think when you start to see attrition or when you start to see, um, you know, especially in this industry, it is, it is, it's a tough industry to get out of school and make money right away, which is what everybody wants to do, right? Because of that learning curve, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't start learning until you're done with school Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to sit down in somebody's chair and be their first haircut out of school. (laughs) Nobody wants that. (laughs) Uh, Or their first color. That's even worse. You know, (laughs) even scarier. It's very scary. (laughs) Uh, but at the same time, you got to do it to build your brand. You got to do it to get good. You have to really, um, you have to do it. It's like anything. Mm-hmm. So you know, promoting our team enough to say, you know, you're going to train with us for a period of, you know, up to a year, maybe 15 months. You're going to have education and you're, you're going to learn basic foundation, but then it's your brand. It's your brand to build. You're selling yourself as much as you're selling us. Mm-hmm. You are representing yourself as much as you're representing the salon. And I think once folks start to realize that, they become invested in their own career. And, and it just provides a nice vehicle for everybody to get forward. Um, but I do think in this industry, you know, that the fear is, um, the fear is always attrition. You know, we see, we see a number of, of places where folks can go and rent a chair. Mm-hmm. You know, that's huge for our industry right now. I mean, yeah. our industry is changing really drastically. Off. 
Um, and it's, it's really just about, you know, providing a network for, for your team, not only of education, but providing them resources that make them feel valuable and make them feel of value to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's, that's kind of been our strong suit for, for a long time. I mean, we've had some great, we've had some great teams and I think it's all because um, I want it to be your brand first. And, and, the, to, and to be, be fair f- with compensation and benefits right. and things like that. I think that's huge. And I think in the beginning, we probably were the, the, the we were the, probably the first one to start doing that with vacations and mm. uh, retirement plans and insurance and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been really good about that and being, when being fair with it and giving our staff an appropriate compensation. Yeah. And that's tough in a commission-based environment too. I mean, that's tough in a in any environment, but in a commission-based environment, I mean, you have to you have to be fair going in the door. Yeah. You really do, mm-hmm. yeah, and you have to consider that other person as part of the equation, just as much. And I don't I don't always think business owners, especially in our industry, um, have that sense of equality with their team. Sure. Um, but I, I think education is huge too. I think our team has always felt incredibly empowered by education, mm-hmm. and um, that's something that everybody wants in every career. And when you have it from top down, you know, when you see your boss of 30, 40 years sitting there still watching a hair tutorial or a a video or the latest trend or whatever, when you see that, I mean, that's a huge motivating factor for for a lot of our team. But yeah, I do think the the chair rental uh, environment has changed our, our industry a lot. And we've been, we've been blessed with some great teams that realize the value of a team. Yeah. Um. Sure. And the value of that, that cohesive work environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having those pieces when, yeah, when it's going well and you create that really good environment and good opportunities and good support, mm-hmm. uh, education, all of that, then, uh, that, that alleviates the thought that, oh, I should go to there and mm-hmm. do that completely on my own because right. then I lose all of these great resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That education piece is huge, but this, the industry of related to hair is ever changing. Mm-hmm. So how do you stay on top of that really? I mean, you, you two, how do you guys really, how do you take that to heart here? I think when you're fully vested in, in education, I think you're, it's just a part of an, an evolving situation. Mm-hmm. It, the one thing leads to the next thing. It's, it's a small world right now when it comes to media. And we, we have so many resources for education Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing what everybody, you know, back in the day used to be what you watched on TV wasn't in Des Moines, you know, for until three years after that. <laughs> now it's, you know, it's real time. Mm-hmm. We, we are up to date on what's going on. We can see every, everything everybody in the whole world is doing. And uh, that's that's how you stay abreast of it. You just pay attention. Sure. You know, I'd say anything to any person starting off is pay attention. Mm. I don't care what facet of the business you're in. You got to mm-hmm. pay attention to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The business, you got the business piece, you know, mm-hmm. but the hair, just, and number one, you got to hire people that want to be the best, that want to be good at it. Yeah. That's, the status quo isn't good enough for them. You know, they want to be better. And that works two ways because when you get those kind of individuals, they push me because mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure they feel they're getting nurtured, so. Yeah, I think the world has gotten so much smaller just with the introduction of, uh, of you know, of the World Wide Web. I mean, the, wo- the the Internet has really changed a number of industries. And, and for us to be in a fashion-focused industry, you have to you have to know what the what's going on, what your what the trends are. 
Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to me because you have to you have to look to your clients for a certain portion of that too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's great now that I mean I remember when, you know, you'd come in. I mean, even going back, you'd have pictures on the wall that were like this. I want I want one, two, mm-hmm. three, or four, <laughs> you know. And then you get and then you got certain publications. And we used to get these big, beautiful, gorgeous magazines where mm-hmm. folks would submit photos, and then you could look through those. Well, now anybody anywhere can snap a photo of somebody at the grocery store if they love their hair or come in with 50, you know, Instagram posts or 50 Pinterest posts mm-hmm. and say, I like this. Mm-hmm. And it's great because you can, you can really listen to what your clients are saying. Um, a number of our vendors have come up with try it live, you know, where there's an app where you can try a different hair yeah. color. You can try a style. Um, yeah. There's a consultation tool that one of our vendors provides where you can actually go through the color consultation and take photos and show gray value and show, you know, gradient gray or gradient red or gradient blonde. Um, technology is just, it's been phenomenal for our industry. That is crazy. And um, to rely enough on your clients to say, you tell us what the trend is, you know, where do you want to go with it? But mm-hmm. the photo, the photo aspect or the, the fact that you can come in with things ready to go, hand loaded on a little tiny computer, mm-hmm. um, has been incredibly helpful. Yeah. It's, it's just been a revolution. Yeah. I, that, that is huge. And, uh, another piece of all of this that I kind of want to tie back to, cause it made me rethink of it that Rick said early on is that back when you were starting, after you'd started and you were doing hair yourself and had uh, then started to pull away and just kind of more specialized in cutting and then um, had assistance under you. Uh, something that I've certainly noticed here that is different than maybe not all, but some in the area is that there are specialists. So mm-hmm. like, for example, I come and uh, one person does color my hair, but a different person cuts it. And it doesn't mean that they couldn't do everything, but mm-hmm. they're really specialized yeah. and really, really passionate about that one aspect of the process of everything right. that goes into your hair. Do you <clears throat> want to talk about that a little bit about how that, uh, cause I feel like it is unique. Yeah, it was, it was a big decision for us. I mean, it was a big decision. We had a number of different iterations of what the business model looks like and mm-hmm. <clears throat> going back, going, going way back. You know, you hire a person and they ultimately will say, I like to cut hair. I like to color hair. I really don't understand color. I really don't get the the Mm. bends and the rounds of a head. Mm -hmm. You have folks inherently that are just like that. Mm -hmm. Any artist, and the way that I always put it is any artist, you take a painter. A painter is, now I'm going to, you're you're a great painter. Now I'm going to take that canvas, I'm going to bend it. It's going to become a sphere now. And now I'm going to add in a live textural element of actual DNA. And then I'm going to add in how that color is going to change because it is DNA, it's hair. And then I'm going to ask you to try to make somebody happy with that. Now your painting has just become a completely different thing. Yeah. And that's very hard for some people to see in their minds. Mm -hmm. Color value is hard for some people to see, Um, you know, hair color. Mixology is huge. Some people don't get math. Some people don't get the chemistry of it. It's, it's about finding what your specialization is. Some people come in and, you know, you go through a technical interview with them for a haircut and, you know, you come away thinking, have they ever cut a head of hair? They just <laughs> went through 2,100 hours, 2,400 hours of beauty school. Had they ever cut a head of hair? Mm. Um, and then you find out, no, I really just love color, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that helps too with the team membership, the team philosophy within the salon, because you're working hand in hand with another person Mm -hmm. and you really start to develop a great relationship with your team Mm -hmm. because you're relying on your team now to do the parts of the thing that you can't do or that you're not going to be able to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been huge helping our team grow. Um, and I think it just provides a different level of service, frankly. And you only have to focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a hand injury which requires surgery, would you rather go to the guy that, or the person that just does hands or a <laughs> general surgeon that does everything? Mm-hmm. I think the hand guy probably has more experience, spent more hours doing yeah. that surgery. So that 10,000-hour rule, I think, is kind of pertinent, too. I mean, if you... <laughs> You know, what would I, uh, you, you don't want to learn how to do 10,000 haircuts one time, but one haircut 10,000 times. Sure. It pretty much gets you to be an expert pretty quick. At least way quicker than if you try to be a jack of all things. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. I feel like that confidence goes then on all sides too, because mm-hmm. then, yeah, you're empowering that person to become really, really good at the skill that they really care right. about uh, and stay up with it as it changes. And then, but then also on the other side from the the customer client side mm-hmm. of it, uh, being like, well, yeah, this is what you do. Like mm-hmm. this is your, like you're describing about that hand specialist. I think that's that's pretty powerful. But you're right too, because I mean the, like the couple of people that I've gone to for a long time, I know that they, you know, they consult on what mm-hmm. is going on with me. And that is valuable mm-hmm. um, to know that there's that level of care that goes into um, that relationship. And sometimes they're in the back consult- consulting with each other yeah. on something too. Yeah. yeah, You want the kind of individuals that, you know, if you don't know something or you have a question, let's get together as a team and figure this figure the answer out. Mm-hmm. I mean, instead of just winging it. Yeah. You know, so you have uh, several different opinions of people that have been doing that particular service a long time so mm-hmm. that you have that that uh, aspect there for you as well so and I think that really impacts the overall outcome of the visit um, it, you know you have a colorist that's really passionate about doing a specific thing you know uh, on your hair for example mm-hmm. um, who can then sit down with the hair cutter and say I'm gonna do this particular thing so let's really think about encouraging layers or let's think about her maybe taking off a little bit of length because those ends are fried and I can't do anything with that or mm-hmm. you know there's just, it's a little bit more collaborative yes I think you also get a partnership in different ways and these are the inherent ways that folks don't always think about when you create those partnerships within your business and any business really you create folks that are now dependent on each other mm-hmm. and we start to see if one is uh, one one chain one link in the chain is a little bit weak um, the whole team comes together and says you know this is really frustrating that this person um, it has missed three days of work in a row. Now that's starting to impact my schedule. Mm. Now that's starting to impact my, I can't do my best service because, mm. you know, a piece of the chain is a little bit weaker than what I'd like it to be. And you almost start to see kind of self-correcting behavior. Mm. You almost start mm-hmm. to see individuals that now realize, holy cow, I've got five or six other people standing right behind me ready to, ready to do things when I'm maybe not ready to do them. So you create a climate that, that, puts folks, uh, it's kind of an interdependent relationship. And I think that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses kind of fall down. You have to create a team and you have to do little things that empower a team to work together as a team. Mm -hmm. And, um, not only do you see it in, in, you know, the end product, but you see it in, in the inner workings of, of, of your business. 
Sure. You see a stronger yeah. team for the good of it all, for the good of the, for the good of the team. Mm-hmm. That it kind sense. of removes kind of some of these little independent thoughts. You know, you're not operating independently. Mm-hmm. You have a group of folks that you're operating together with. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that changes the mentality just a little bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. That changes their why and how mm-hmm. uh, makes it even more important. Like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my, yeah. my teammate or this yeah. or that. And yeah, it gives you way more of a just interwoven um yeah like network of of support system and also Mm -hmm. yeah accountability you know all the pieces all together so yes that's that's super important so as you go forward uh with your business what is something that is incredibly important to you that you continue forward as you continue to um, ingrain and really are a leader in this industry. Well, and we kind of, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. You you want to continue to inf- encourage education. Yeah. Uh, but you want to encourage nuances of the business. I mean, it's really important that if anybody leaves our place and goes and opens their own business, that they understand how business works. And I think the the biggest thing is that you're you're creating a better business owner mm-hmm. in your team. Um, you're creating a better boss. You're creating, a, you know, definitely a more empathetic boss. Um, you're creating a, a little bit better business owner. But I think the thing has always been to make the industry just as strong and, and as healthy as it can be um, for us. And I know there's there have been, you know, uh, different positions that Rick has held, different different boards and different membership organizations and, and different um, uh you know, oversight bodies and, and things like that. And you, you join all those things because you want to keep your industry good, mm-hmm. but you also do that to keep your industry moving forward in a way that makes sense for everybody. You know, cosmetology, the license, licensure board and department of cosmetology and those kind of things. I mean, there's always going to be government oversight, mm-hmm. but I think we've seen very recently <laughs> just a sheer lack of oversight can yeah. really drive the pendulum in completely the opposite direction than anybody really ever, you know, anticipates. So kind of keeping that even keel with uh, oversight and, um, you know, just making sure that the, the industry as a whole stays good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an industry that, uh, you know, it's it's a very creative venue and it's it's a it's a really popular industry. But at the same time, you know that there can't be there cannot be regulatory changes that impact uh learning or or legislative changes that impact the way a business operates in this industry i mean those are things that are important to us i think or to me anyway you, know, you have to offer the tools to, to help people be successful mm-hmm. if my staff if they aren't successful rick mosley here doesn't exist it just goes away so uh that's really really important on top of the fact that i get I get a lot of pleasure from watching somebody develop. I really do. I mean, to watch them go from kind of rough-edged <laughs> when they get here and to where the, what they turn into sometimes is just unbelievable. I mean, and it's almost it happens one day. You're watching everything. I mean, not, you try to hire like people. You want like attracts like, and you, you try to hire people that are nice to people. That's mm-hmm. the, the most important thing to me is is we have uh, staff that can get along, that gets along with our, our that, that can handle a multitude of different personalities with clients, mm-hmm. and to give them the tools to be successful and watch them grow is is uh, really rewarding for me. And so I really get a, a lot of pleasure out of teaching 
and watching the fr the the fruit of those of that labor come to come to fruition. Come to fruition. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing too, we've had a number of folks leave our team and go start businesses. Yeah. We've had you know a lot of folks have left our team and have gone independently and become really successful hairdressers on their own, and we've had a few that have actually closed a business or adopted a different business model. And that just this simple feeling or just the simple call or the, you know, the acknowledgement, you'll see them on the street or you run into them in the grocery store mm -hmm. or you find them at the, at the restaurant up the street and they're like, man, I have a whole new appreciation for everything you ever did, <laughs> you know? And it's not, it's a very humbling experience from that point too. But then there's, it's usually followed up with, I learned so much from you. And that really is what you want. You want everybody to come away from, from the, from the relationship learning something. So I, I'm, I'm happy to look around and see that some of our biggest competitors actually used to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. powerful. That's yeah, a good feeling. That is. That's that a good is. feeling. That's a and it's great for the community. I mean, Des Moines deserves great hair. Hashtag. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, we're, we're a big little town. We really are. And there's no reason why we shouldn't have, uh, have great... Uh, have great stylists in right. our town. Right. There's there's enough people for for healthy competition. Yes, yes for yeah, sure. There yeah. is. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Too many people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, that's great. I really I, I love that. It's a good message. Uh, going uh, one additional thing that I really want to make sure that I ask you, being really well um, seasoned staple industry uh you know owners in this industry is and i know that because i've talked to other owners in this industry that have it's highly you're highly respected here absolutely that's nice yes and so um that being said what advice would you give to someone that is just uh starting out in this industry or any and what they should do um and think about as they begin that journey well, I can only speak for hairdressers, but seek out all the education and be a sponge. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to do the hard work. Uh, the, the easiest way to, to do it is if you want to be like Mike, hang out with Mike. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I think we've been successful the, sure. with our business model that we don't hire experience. We, we, we are their experience. Mm -hmm. And right away, you don't have bad habits that happen. People are at a certain a certain expectation right away mm -hmm. and uh, then to give them the tools to learn how to, or to do that I, th I think that's invaluable um, just know what you don't know and learn all you can learn and really pay attention don't be lazy don't forget that everybody that comes in that beauty school or, or hair salon that is a, a prize for you for your effort that's not mm -hmm. like punishment because it's Saturday at 4 o'clock and you want to get out of here you got to remember that and uh I say yes when you want to say no, mm -hmm. you know, just get it done. And I think in the big picture, looking back, you, you, you get a lot of things accomplished by, by doing that. And, and you learn a lot. Yeah. Never stops learning. Never stops yeah. learning. I would say that too. I would say just recognize the, recognize the lesson in everything mm -hmm. because there is a lesson, you know, in almost everything. But for people that are starting out, I think in any business, you know, go, go, surround yourself with the folks that do what you want to do really, really well. 
Go to those folks. Go to their educational events. Watch them on TED Talks. Watch, watch them online. You know, follow them on on social media. Listen to their blogs. Or stand and, next to them while they're working. Webinars, yeah. yeah. Or go to them. Um, and I think the highest compliment you can pay someone in any industry is to say, you know, I want to learn more, and you seem to know what's going on. I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true if you're. In any industry, I think the biggest form of flattery is for someone to show up every day and say, teach me, mm-hmm. help me learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too many times folks s- start a business and think it's just all sunshine and roses and peaches and you know warm, sunny hugs every day. And uh, you have to be ready for the lesson because there probably will be a few lessons, but surround yourself with, with what you want to be. And I think, again, getting back to the comment of the world is as small as it's ever been, mm-hmm. you can get yeah. that knowledge anywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be um, a class with in an, in an auditorium or a huge show. I mean, hair shows, for God's sakes, hair shows are a ridiculous production of just mm-hmm. craziness. And it does not have to be a loud, pumping music, hair flying, you know, lights flashing fashion show to, to get something out of it. You can get your education online. You can go to the person on the corner. You can get your education anywhere. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's great. Really all all comes back as very uh, at the base foundation, very education focused and driven in everything that you do. Yeah. And uh, that's a really great message. Well, I really appreciate you both taking the time to be a part of a podcast episode and feature Rick yeah. Mosley. Thank you for being a part of the community and for doing my own hair for a number of years. <laughs> well, thank you for thinking of us. This is thank awesome. You. This is great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the Amplify Iowa podcast. If you enjoy these stories, please leave us a review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and follow Amplify Iowa on social media. A-M-P-L-I-F-I-A. Amplify Iowa. Small businesses. Doing big things.